Welcome to the Free to Be podcast, the podcast empowering female entrepreneurs to be exactly where they are and who they are. No more downplaying your success. No more hiding your struggles. No more trying to fit yourself into this neat, perfect little box. You get to be all of it, all of you, right here on the Free to Be podcast. I'm your host, Liza. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Free to Be podcast. We are here today with a very dear friend of mine, Angelique. She is the CEO and founder of the Adulthood Edit, which is a lifestyle guide and empowerment facilitator serving millennials and Gen Z females. She is a CEO and founder of the Adulthood Edit, which is dedicated to serving through life skills development that specifically support that transition into or the transformation of the adulthood experience. So thank you so much for joining me today, Angelique. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. And when I first met Angelique, actually, we also met in the same coaching container that um, I met Taryn in, who you guys met a couple of weeks ago. And it's just amazing how, like, what a small world it is. I mean, Taryn is in Canada. No, no, Taryn is in California. Angelique is in Canada. I'm in Florida. And yet, like, true friendships can be developed. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing, I think. It was awesome. Um, And it's true. That's the power of having a virtual world. You know, you get to connect with people no matter where they are and actually create bonds, which is great. So I love both you ladies. So it's great. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's like normally with um, social media and stuff, I'm like, oh, like I I don't (laughs) like so much of it. But there's so many beautiful things that come of it. Like you and I would have probably never crossed paths in a million years, right? You know, we're so far apart from each other. And when I first heard that Angelique was doing the adulthood edit and learned about what that was, it's like, that's freaking amazing. Because how many of like the hashtag adulting things do you see? And it's like, Oh, or like, I literally, this is so embarrassing, but I'm going to say, I called my mom the other day on FaceTime. And before I said anything, I'm like, I am a strong, successful, powerful woman. And she's like, yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm nervous. And so I turn the camera around and I open the oven and I have banana bread baking and I stick a toothpick and I'm like, do you think this is done? Like, uh... Well, we all need mom at some point, okay? That's that's just a that's just a thing. So don't yep. even worry about yep. that. Um, but no, I totally get it. Like the whole adulting concepts and how that kind of really came about for millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, I always found it really uh, difficult to kind of digest because I could agree with it. There were certain things where you're like, oh my gosh, like either I don't know how to do this or I don't want to know how to do this. <laughs> Or you kind of feel behind on certain things, but I also felt like it kind of became a really good mask for people not to actually do better in adulthood, you know, like there was this, cause it became a running, it's a running joke, right? People say, oh, like I'm adulting and everybody's like, ha ha ha, like, you know, (laughs) but it's like, okay, but what, at what point do you actually say, you know what? I really do need to get better at this, or I really can't keep making this a joke. You know, um, and that kind of came about for myself. So that's kind of where the whole concept even started because I felt that way. <laughs> yeah. Myself so too. tell me, tell me more about that. Like, what was the journey of getting into the adulthood edit? Um, yeah. So uh, when I turned 30, I started feeling really 
anxious because I found that the questions were starting to change. Like in your 20s, everybody was like, you know, you're young, have fun, you know, just get, you have time, just do whatever, you know, just enjoy this time. And then when I started creeping closer to 30 and then I turned 30, the questions somewhat became like, oh, like, you know, like your friends are getting married. Like, when's your turn? Or, Mm. you know, like, oh, like, what's your career? Like, are are you still doing that thing? Like, you know, you're you're getting older now. You got to get a career. Or when are you having kids? Time's ticking. Mm -hmm. And so I found it, I became anxious and I'm not an anxious person by nature. So I could, I knew something was off because I was starting to then compare myself to friends when I wasn't doing it about things like, oh, well, they're getting married and like, you know, they bought a house or they already, or some of them already have kids and like, am I behind? And it also lends to not only just feeling that way, but also being angry, like feeling like, oh, okay, like, you know, I'm uh, somewhere I messed things up or it became jealousy, right? Where it was like, oh, well, you know, that always happens for them. It seems like they have the perfect life and I'm just over here, Mm -hmm. like still struggling, like living in the basement. Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and I still live in the basement because (laughs) it's hard out here to get a, to get a house. Okay. My husband and I are trying to save for a house, but Mm -hmm. I used to feel like those were things I couldn't say, like, because it Mm -hmm. felt somewhat embarrassing. Like, oh, like, you know, you're at this age or stage of your life and you're, still living in the home in the basement Mm. like it already has that connotation in society Mm -hmm. of like lazy incompetent you know doesn't want to fend for themselves when really there's so many factors that go into especially for our generation that's not like other generations you know like inflation you know i'll just number one just like cost of living but not cost of like you know wages Mm -hmm. aren't so anyway it's the whole thing i won't even get into that right now but It all came about basically from me feeling like insecure and feeling Mm. anxious and feeling behind. And I Mm. noticed I wrote a post when I turned 30 on Facebook called 30 Things I Learned by the Age of 30. And I put that in there. And a lot of women reached out to me privately and said, girl, I feel the exact same way. I'm out here struggling and Mm. I feel like I'm suddenly behind and I don't know how that happened. Um... And then I just started looking for resources. I was like, okay, well, what's out there for girls turning 30? You know, like, Mm -hmm. how can we feel great about this? And then it really became, oh, girl, it's hard out here. Like, good luck. It's all downhill. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, 30s suck. And I was so shocked by that. Um, Just because I was like, I know 30s aren't going to suck. I I never had a problem getting older. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just felt like, oh, this is not the way. So I really was like, okay, how can I create a space for women who are really turning 30? Um, to help them feel better about moving into this decade of their life and not feeling behind. And I was really upset because it just felt like we were basically as a society asking women, and I'm sure men too, but I can't speak for them because I'm not a man, but for Mm -hmm. women, we're asking them to jump this gap rather than giving them a bridge to the gap. And too many women are falling in between the gap because they're not Mm. making the jump. And they're feeling, you know, anxious, overwhelmed, like, you know, they're behind. And you already know how it is with women and the nuances behind, mm-hmm. you know, men have, they don't, you know, they don't have certain nuances that women do with each other. Right. right? So you're right. battling all of that. Plus feeling like you got to keep up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. but then everybody's also telling you like, Oh, you know, you're do you do you. So yeah. it's all these mixed messages and I'm like, you want me to do like, do me, but I should be keeping up with these people and making sure I look like I have the like sex in the city life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are we really doing with ourselves? So it just became a whole thing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to find some way to really serve. And it was really just going to be women in their 30s 
And then I saw the Gen Zs out there struggling too. And I was like, this is just an epidemic. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not even when you're 30. It's now, you know, younger and younger people are feeling anxious and behind the eight ball. And so I just wanted yeah. to serve women, millennials and Gen Z women, um, so that they don't feel crappy about being an adult. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's so true. I think that all of us have felt that way at some point, whether or not we felt permission to admit it or had friends that we could, you know, lean on through that, or if we just pretended through it, yeah. you know, through all of it. It's funny. I um heard a, um, a pastor talking one day, Craig Rochelle. I don't know if you know Craig Rochelle or not. He's, no, I've never heard of him. He's awesome pastor. And he does this event called the Global Leadership Summit that I attend every year. And, um, he was talking about one day how, like, you know, for so long he felt too young, right? Mm. He was too young to do the things that he wanted to achieve. And then all of a sudden now he finds himself too, <laughs> too old to old. be relevant. He's like, <laughs> when was I just right? Yes. You know? Like, was it 100%. Tuesday, November 7th at 3.35 yeah. p.m.? Like, yeah. when was I just right? Because we can just find ourselves in this time where, like, yeah, like, in your 20s or, you know, early teen or late teenage years where you feel like, oh, I have tons of time and everybody's telling you, don't take yourself too seriously. Have fun. Now's the time to enjoy your life. And then, yeah, like all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're like, yeah, the questions are changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Speaking of questions. Yes. I realized that I didn't ask you my favorite question, which is if you have two truths and a lie for me. I do. <gasps> this was, I really, I was racking my brain about this because I'm like, what doesn't she know about me? <laughs> <laughs> But well, I'm not um, going to give anything away. Our listeners are going to get to guess, and then oh, you're going to reveal it at the end. Good, so good, I'm good. not going to guess right now, and I will try okay, really great. hard to check my face. That okay, I'm cool. Give anything away? <laughs> okay, great, good, good, good. Okay, so okay, so I'll just say them. So mm-hmm. I won fifty thousand dollars in the Monopoly McDonald's contest. I won a pageant, and I lived abroad in Japan. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. I hope my face, because I actually don't know what the lie is. Okay. I think I do, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe I'll guess at the end because okay. I don't feel confident in my, okay. in my answer. So okay. we'll see. So awesome. Thank you. I, I love no this problem. game so much. <laughs> it is fun. <laughs> it is. Which it's really funny that you say, like, I don't know what, you know, I don't know about you because yeah. when Angelique and I first met, we have like so much in common like really do. it was like creepy we would talk about something and the other one would be like oh me, me too like, <laughs> are you so in funny. my life what's happening yeah. what is happening sister from another mister right there. absolutely a hundred percent hundred percent yes so yeah. all right so we'll revisit okay two truths and a lie at the end of the, the end of the call okay <laughs> but now back to the serious stuff um, okay, so you went through this journey. Yeah. You started this business mm-hmm. helping other people. So, do you feel like you started it and it was like game time? People were flooding in. Like, how was your experience? Were you struggling in the beginning? Um, what What has been some of your your journey as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I had to hold myself back from laughing when you said that. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> streaming in. No, you know what? Like, the reality is the the because of my insecurity, the business kept changing. So I never had a concrete business until I will be honest in saying this year, because I was so wrapped up in like things having to be perfect. Like, okay, like I can't put this out here until it looks like this, or let me just learn one more training. Like, oh my gosh, Liza, like the training. 
if there is one downfall for me, it is it is the the feeling like I need to keep learning something. And that would always stop me from doing because I would trick myself into thinking that I was actually doing work because mm-hmm. I was learning about something, even though I wasn't implementing it. Mm-hmm. And really the business was a hobby at best. It was like, you know, people would ask me like for help with things and I'm like, sure, I'm in. And sometimes I wouldn't even charge for it. It'd just be like, oh no, like, don't worry about it, girl. <laughs> and um, one time my husband's like, yeah, so like, how's the business? And um, And I'm like, oh, it's great. And he's like, is it though? And I was like, oh, so you don't even support me anymore? And he's like, this is not what's happening, Angelique. Like, don't try to make this like me trying to attack you. He's like, you know exactly what I mean. And I really appreciated that because it's really easy when you have a business to trick yourself into thinking I'm doing the work. I'm actually moving the needle. Um, You know, all of those things when the reality is you're hiding. Mm. And I started learning that that was also a struggle that I've always had was hiding because mm-hmm. I always felt kind of growing up in between things. And I always felt like there was always a version of me where I was like, you, you know, you feel like you have to be one way with people and then another way with another set of people. Mm-hmm. And I never noticed that for myself until I was probably in my late twenties, mm-hmm. but I was hiding in my business as well behind the trainings and the busy work and like making graphics, but like all the graphic isn't perfect. So I can't put it out. Um, And so just making excuses, just straight up, like I'll be honest, it was straight up excuses. Um, So the business was not something that had traction initially. I would start and stop a lot. Mm. Still something I struggle with, but Mm -hmm getting better with that, but the starting and stopping, um, and lacking consistency and discipline, because I was like, well, God's given me stewardship over this business mm-hmm. and I'm out here acting like a straight fool and mm. not doing anything with it. And it was only until this year where it really hit me where I was like, listen, the fact that this keeps coming up for you and you're still so excited about it and you see how you can serve and you're getting all these ideas, but you're not acting on it goes to show that this is something God really wants you to do. Okay. Because there's like, this is for you, but you have to do your part in order to actually see things move. Like, you know, um, so it's really only until this year where I started like actually hunkering down and building that foundation and the clients are not fully there, but they're starting to come in because of the momentum, which is great. But Mm -hmm. if I was still sitting on it, I would be like telling you right now, like, oh, like things are going well. I'm just, you know, learning about uh, how to use Twitter and like (laughs) I'm doing well with that and learning how to tweet, like things that really don't move the needle. Um, And so I had to stop hiding. Mm. Essentially. So powerful. That's so we, we so often confuse the busyness with the productivity, right? Like. If I had a dime for every freaking course that I've gone through, mm-hmm. I would be mm-hmm. a millionaire. Absolutely. It's, we, we just, we like these things that make us think that we're busy. And I actually had like a come to Jesus moment one time with God when I was like in my quiet time in the morning of like, I had really transitioned from like one extreme of being a complete workaholic nonstop to then trying to not do that. But then the pendulum swung almost too far the other way Mm. where I became stagnant. And I literally felt God telling me like, 
this is what I have for you. I want this for you, but I can't do it if you're sitting on the couch. Right. Right. Like there has to be some forward movement for me to be able to come in and create that massive shift or that massive change. And it was like, okay, well, like I can't just sit here and watch another course on my laptop. I can't just, you know, sit here. Yeah. And like redo my Canva design 700 times. Not that those things aren't important and, you know, you don't need to take the time to do them and you should always be learning. But like, if that's where I'm spending the bulk of my energy, like Mm -hmm. how can I expect God to do immeasurably more when I'm doing the bare minimum? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. a tough balance. Mm-hmm. So through that, I, I love your vulnerability and your honesty of like knowing where your strengths are and knowing where like you are challenged and yeah. keeping the consistency and it's an ongoing challenge. You know, it's, it's something that continues to whatever your the listeners, whatever your thing is, your downfall. I mean, chances are pretty good that like you're never going to conquer that thing. <laughs> like it's always going to sneak, like weird, yeah. sneaky little head at you. Yeah, it's like your vice for life, you know. And yeah, it's something that you learn to control rather than necessarily conquer. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a really like a lot of people are like, oh, just you know, like you'll just conquer that, you'll just crush it, and certain things maybe, but. When there's things that, you know, you just inherently kind of always do, Mm -hmm. it's not that you can't change it, but the reality is you're most likely trying to control it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too. There's certain, there's things that you will conquer and there's things that you just have to control. Um, Mm Kind of similar to your like weight, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. you're really controlling what that is, right? Like, you know, at, at any given point. And, um... That's just the same thing for certain certain things that kind of uh, sneak up on you or just like yeah. easy for you to fall back into rather. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And a, a big lesson for me, I don't know if this is something that will be relevant for you, but learning to not judge myself for it mm-hmm. yeah. and define myself by it. Like if I, I feel like I'm being a certain way, sitting there beating myself up over it, it doesn't do any good. <laughs> really doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I- Forgiving I yourself. that. Yeah. Like, we're mm-hmm. so good at being like, oh, like that person. And like, oh, don't worry about it. But when it's yourself, you're just like, oh, you're an idiot. Like, why'd yeah, you do seriously. that again? And it's like, you know what? Just like, give yourself grace. I'm not saying go out there and be like, oh, it's forgiven. And like, if it happens again, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to keep like, right, you have, right. it is a continuous process of like, yes, mm-hmm. you're forgiving yourself probably quite a few times for the same thing. But there is a point where you're going to learn from it and be like, I got to move on from this. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's going to be a new, a new beast, right? Like they always say new level, new devil. Like that's yeah. just the reality. So you have to be prepared that every stage of what you're moving mm-hmm. into is going to require a different version of you in some way. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to forgive yourself for new things. <laughs> like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's kind of a continuous, continuous it's thing. So true. It's so yeah. true. And I, on that note, something that I've noticed in my business that, um, you know, the things that I've prayed for, uh, a lot of the things that I prayed for in the early days when I first opened the salon, I now have, mm. right? But in the time, I was like, why is this not coming? Why is this not coming? And I had other salon owners that are around me that opened around the same time. And I'm like, they have it. Like, they're doing it. Like, I'm working just as hard as they are. And like, let's be honest. There were moments and times where I'm like, I deserve this more, All right. right? Absolutely. For whatever reason, I thought that I did. Oh, yeah. But... I wasn't the person in here 
that needed to be to face the new devils, right? The new devils that come with this Mm -hmm. level. So we're constantly refining ourselves too, so that we can handle the blessing that will someday come to us. But we're not you're not ready for that, right? Like you're going to give the keys to a two-year-old, you're going to give the keys to your car. He's, he or she's not ready. They're not ready for that kind of responsibility or a keys to a Ferrari to a 16 year old for that. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> That's like a terrible idea. Sometimes I look want- and I'm like, why do they allow 16 year olds on the road? Now that I look back at it, I'm like, why was I allowed on the road? So in saying. Michigan, in Michigan where I grew up, we yeah. actually start going through drivers at a 14 and a half. How? It's irresponsible, people. I'm, I'm just saying. Every time I look at teenagers, I'm like, no business being on the road. Of course, at that time, I'm like, I'm totally ready. It's like, yeah. no, I really yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Well, um, I live in yes. Florida, so everybody's 94 years old. We don't have 14 Oh, true, true. Good point. Which they shouldn't necessarily always be driving either. <laughs> I'm like, it goes the other way, too. <laughs> full circle. Yeah, full, full circle, circle, right? Twice a child. <laughs> yes, seriously. Oh, my god. Yeah, but you were saying, sorry, about like no, no, that's the fact okay. that you know, new level, new devil. And you're right. Like if yeah. you give the keys to, you know, a two-year-old, you're, it's just, mm-hmm. it just doesn't line up. And right. too often, I think because we are adults, we instantly get these ideas of like, well, I could, I should just be able to do this. Mm. Like, I, it, like I'm, I'm now at this age, I should instantly be able to do this when God is like, you may have the age, but not the maturity. Mm. Oh. And you have to be okay with maturing. But a lot of times people don't want to mature. Mm-mm. People are out here like, no, I want to be young forever. And like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, do the things that I still did when I was 20. Cause I'm keeping it fresh. I'm keeping it young, I'm keeping it fresh. And I'm like, that is doing yourself a disservice because you are getting older. And if you're not going to come to terms with that, you're going to struggle with your adulthood. And mm-hmm. this is where I think a lot of people are struggling that like, Am I still young? Am I, you know, and also really worried about what society thinks of them in regards mm-hmm. to like, well, I'm still hip. I'm still young. And like, you know, I see all these like memes or TikToks also about like Gen Z ripping on millennials. <laughs> like, oh, you guys wore like, what was it? Like low waist or low oh, yeah, jeans low-waist. or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it was a time, right? Like, that's right. just what it was. I'm not like, right. I'm not ashamed of what that was for us. And Right. And every generation kind of rips on the older generations in some Absolutely. way. Absolutely. But I'm okay with being an older person. Like I'm okay with mm-hmm. being 36. I'm not mm-hmm. 96, but if right. I was 96, I'd be okay with being 96 because I've lived a, I've lived a life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you have to be okay with where you're at and what maturity so looks like at that stage. Mm-hmm. And somebody who's 29 may be way more mature um, mm-hmm. than somebody else who's 36. Um, because of what they've gone through, because of what they've been willing to do to mature. Mm. But a lot of people are like, no, I just want to, I want to keep yeah. it young. It's like, it's so good. That's just not the reality. And that that's yeah. okay. Yeah. That's so beautiful. There's something so beautiful to me when I see a woman who is just confident and comfortable in exactly yes. where she is. Like my whole thing that I say is like, it's not that I don't want to age. I want to yeah. age gracefully. Like that yes. is my my goal is to age gracefully. Like I'm not out here trying to pretend like I'm 21. <laughs> exactly. Not, exactly. That's not the case anymore. Like I want to be who I am in maturity yeah. and with grace, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. how much more can we also bless the women around us that, you know, maybe need somebody in their lives, especially younger generations, like you were saying, that – 
feel lost, that feel anxious, that feel confused, because what they don't need, maybe you'll disagree with me. I highly doubt it. What they don't need is freaking Taylor Swift and Kim Kardashian telling them how to mature. Like, in my opinion, neither one of these women are doing a very good job of this. We got to choose role models better for ourselves personally. Mm -hmm. Not just what you see on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're so right because social media, um, media in general, is designed as entertainment. That was mm-hmm. always the original purpose kind of, of media was entertainment. Mm-hmm. Now you can use it for so many different formats, but a lot of times we're mixing what is yes. entertainment with what is real. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get the idea like, oh, I can just be like this or I should be like this. And it's like, mm-hmm. also, you have to think, too, that is that person's life, not yours. So it doesn't mean you have to fit this mold of what's happening for them, that that should happen for you. Mm -hmm. Your life can be glamorous in whatever way you design it to be. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that just because there's not paparazzi outside of your house or (laughs) people trying to snap pictures of you when you go grocery shopping, doesn't mean that your life isn't worthwhile, you know? Mm -hmm. So check your role models and check if they align with what you actually, who you actually want to become. And I'm not saying you can't, you know, some people have certain qualities. You're like, okay, like I can, you can kind of, I like this about this person and I would love to be more like this. But at the end of the day, like your life is your life. So, so Mm -hmm. be mindful of following the Kims and the Taylors of the world. Um, I'm going to get so much hate on the Taylor Swift one. I know. I'm going to lose friends on that. (laughs) I'm 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 a Taylor fan only because I feel like I enjoy that she does say what needs for her, what she feels needs to be said. But I understand you at the same time <laughs> as well. So, so don't come after us, okay? Uh, like, we don't want to, like, whatever. <laughs> don't come after us. If you're a Swifty, like, nobody's hating on Taylor like that. I'm just saying that Taylor's life is Taylor's life. Make your life what it needs to be. And it's not going right. to be like Taylor's per se. So right. be mindful. Yeah. The other thing that I love and respect about women, and we're going to go into that right now, is when they can confidently, without downplaying it, share their success. Yeah. So I would love to know, what are you the most proud of yourself for? Or what is your biggest success? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I would say my biggest success has and this is probably not necessarily related to business, but I think it comes into play for it. My biggest success was saying how I really felt in my marriage. Mm. Um, And really why I think uh, like, we're still married guys. So don't think this is like, (laughs) I'm like going to be like, and I dumped him. Um, No, like, (laughs) but uh, again, it came back to the hiding thing. I think when you're trying to be, and I think maybe, I feel like you can relate to this. Like, as a, a Christian woman, you feel sometimes like, you know, you want to be the nice person, right? You want to mm-hmm. you want to be nice. Um, and you don't want to hurt people's feelings. But in that, sometimes you can lose or hide behind that. And you don't say things you really need to say and it builds up. Mm-hmm. And so I was really glad that I was able to, we were able to have that have a frank conversation about how we both felt on certain topics. And that was really hard because I was struggling to even say something for a long time. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I don't want to rock the boat. 
you know, uh, where, you know, this, we can, we can figure it out. I'll just, I'll just deal with the feelings on my own or, or just, you mm. know, like, and even when he would say like, are you like, how do you feel about this? I would be like, I'm good. <laughs> mm. I'm fine. You know? And he yeah. was like, you don't have to be fine if it, you're not. Mm. But I felt like I didn't want to hurt feelings or I didn't want to say something that could possibly jeopardize our relationship when really I was already putting our relationship in jeopardy by, mm hiding behind a facade right um and so for me that was my biggest success because that allowed me to then be real and be more authentic and real and and share even more vulnerably with my audience and business Mm -hmm. because until then i was like well like i can't like you know i i I want people to see like oh we have a great marriage and everything's perfect and everything's Mm -hmm. fine and that was only my own construction he was never like Mm -hmm. that like joshua was Mm -hmm. never like let's just (laughs) like he was he's definitely the like hard on your sleeve you're gonna know how he feels Mm -hmm. and i've always respected that about him but growing up too the consensus was like uh in our household was you don't speak out of turn you know what i mean like the Mm -hmm. whole like elder thing and i think that that idea seeped into my marriage for me that Mm -hmm. like okay well like i don't want to say something because i don't want to be in trouble or I don't want to be somebody to be disappointed in me. And that concept of like, you know, when you're young, like, oh, elders know best. They get to, you know, they you, they speak and you do what they say. And even mm-hmm. if you're upset about it, you're not telling people that you're upset unless you're talking to your cousins about it because they get yeah. it. But you're not talking to the adults, right? Yeah. And that was, I grew up in a household with two very different personalities. You know, my mom's personality and my, and my, and my aunt's personality. And mm-hmm. so I was always in between there, I felt. And I felt like I was in my marriage feeling like, mm-hmm. I don't know who I really am or who I'm showing up as today or like what I, I don't know how to have like be myself. And I mm-hmm. feel like you got the raw end of the deal because I'm all over the place and you're very sure in who you are. Um, and I had to be honest about that. And so now I feel so much freer. And now I'm like, this is me and I can say when I'm in in my business or in relationships and connections with other people, I can be a fully 100% honest about where I'm at and not feel ashamed or embarrassed about it, if that makes sense. That's amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. that. That's such a powerful thing. And it's almost yeah. like, I think sometimes it's like... um we carry this weight around with us and like, oh my, if they really knew how I felt or if they really knew this. And then the interesting thing to me is I've noticed this, um, you know, when I've had to have conversations either with Nick or with a team member or a customer that comes in or whatever, I'll say something like they already knew, (laughs) right? Like they're like, like, "Mm -hmm. yeah. But like I've been wearing this weight yeah. for absolutely no reason because either they already knew or it wasn't as big of a deal as what I made it. And then it's like exactly. just freeing. You're like, oh, yeah. my God. you just feel like you can like, like fly up in the float up into the sky. Yes. Right? Absolutely. So what advice do you have maybe for any women that are out there? that do feel like maybe they've been a shell of themselves with their spouse, that like there's yeah. a conversation they want to have, but they just feel like almost immobilized whenever they go to do it. What advice would you have for them? I would say pray about it first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I will say that because God knows me better than I know myself, 
me bringing it to him was really just like, I already know you know, but yeah. I'm just going to tell you anyway. Um, and that helped me to actually think out what I wanted to say by just speaking about it in prayer. Mm. Um, but write it down. I'm a big mm. writer. Like I love to journal. I love writing in general. And um, I think when you have thoughts in your head, it's easy to get them jumbled. And then you feel like, oh, I'm just going to into this conversation and I'm just going to say it. And then you get in the conversation and you're like, I don't remember what I was going to say. And it just feels awkward and weird. It's like, write it down and mm-hmm. see how your thoughts are streaming and don't judge them. Just, just write mm-hmm. as you, as it's coming out. Don't try to censor it or modify it. Just write it out. And you'll see on paper, A, all the things that have been clouding your mind and it will also help by just seeing it there, like, okay. And then you'll be able to highlight what's really important to talk about. And mm-hmm. you can even bring that. I brought it. I brought the piece of paper into the conversation because I didn't want to forget anything. Yeah. And I didn't want to lose track of what I initially wanted the conversation to be about since mm-hmm. I was bringing it up. So bring the piece of paper with you. It's no shame to be like, I wrote it out. I just need to talk about this. Yeah. Because having that guideline will help you to say what you really need to say without trying to be like, oh, like, I don't remember, like, or because you're just nervous about it. Um, And understand that that person loves you and Mm. they do want the best for you and they want the best for you together because Mm -hmm. they're not trying to be like, I'm in this relationship and like, I'm just out here like, oh, like uh, walking on eggshells all the time because I don't know. It's like they want the best for you as a person and Mm -hmm. together. So by you sharing that, they're not mind readers. And I would constantly say that to Joshua, like, I'm not a mind reader, so just tell me what you want. And then he'd be like, so what do you want? And I'm like, oh, I'm good. And then I'll be, I'll be I'll be mad later. And he's like, that's what you said. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, you should just get me by now. Like, right. it's like the, it, would, it would not be a two-way street in fairness. I would expect yeah. certain things of him, hmm. you know, or vice versa. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not a mind reader out here. So... Do that for yourself, even if it's yeah. not the right time for you to say it, at least journal it because it's mm. something you can come back to, you can add to, you can refine later and just okay. pray about it. Pray for the courage and the strength to say the right things in the right tone. Like, mm. don't come in here guns a-blazing with like, right. and you did this and just remember that time and like, <laughs> yeah, it's easy to do, especially mm-hmm. if the other person gets upset. Also be mindful for that. Be prepared yeah. that they may be upset mm-hmm. at how you say it. So their tone and how they approach what you're saying may not be what you expect at all. So just be prepared for how the pendulum can swing either way for their yeah. emotions and, and respect that. Like, that's how mm-hmm. they handle it. It doesn't mean you have to, like, if they're arguing and yelling, doesn't mean you got to mm-hmm. match it, right? Mm-hmm. Your authority and your presence is not diminished if that person's screaming and yelling at you and you're just like like Mm -hmm. being calm about it it's really helping that person to see you're not wanting to do this tit for tat Mm -hmm. and it helps them to come down to talk about it later that's so good yeah you know having that preparation too of praying and journaling helps you to stay grounded yes right and like when you can stay grounded that's how you can you know have the the courage or the strength to resist matching that person if they do elevate the conversation. Yeah. I'm just remembering to stay grounded and that preparation helps so much. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I feel like I just want to say thank you for your vulnerability and not only talking about your 
challenges that you've had and some of the failures that you've experienced or challenges that you've faced in the past and that you still face, but also for sharing your success. Because I, I find that women also just, it's almost more vulnerable for them to share the success that they've yeah. had, especially if they don't have a, a good group of women around them. I mean, I'm so blessed to have women like you in my life that I can genuinely celebrate with. And I, that I know, you know, just actually are excited when I'm excited and, you know, smile when I smile and, you know, laugh at me when I laugh at me, but you know, <laughs> all, all of those things, because so many women don't have yeah. that. Um, and if you don't have that and you're listening, I would strongly encourage you to develop a plan of mm. how can I have this in my life? Because Absolutely. it's completely life-changing when you can say, like, when you can call somebody and be like, oh my gosh, my business just did this or, oh my, I just had this difficult conversation and it went so well, like, and have somebody cheer for you. Yeah. It, it's life-changing. It really 100%. is. I agree. And too many women are really good at like the whole, the society plays women against each other all the time mm-hmm. with the whole, like, you know, oh, it's like cat fights and, yeah. oh, and you see it in media too. Like housewives series alone just shows all of yeah. that. It's like, Girls don't have to be backstabbing. They don't have to be undermining. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be just like the guys who seem to have good relationships with other, yeah. with the, you know, the same sex as them. Women can have that too. And I'm so blessed to have you in my life and other women who make me feel like I can be, if I'm not up to par or I'm not doing the great, mm-hmm. they don't have a problem telling me about myself. Mm-hmm. And they also celebrate when I'm doing well and not feel like it's a, it's a knack against that. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, oh, like, I can't say this because yeah, they'll feel bad about themselves or they'll feel like mm-hmm. I'm bragging or whatever. Sometimes you mm-hmm. need to brag. Ain't no shame yeah. in that. No. No. Yeah. If you're listening, brag in the brag. comments when we post this. We want yes. to hear you brag. Yes. We Angelique and I you. will cheer you on. 100%. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, Angelique, where can our listeners find you if they want yeah. to get in touch with you or learn more about the Adulthood Edit? Yeah, come come join me on the Insta of Graham. Um, yeah, I'm at at the Adulthood Edit on Instagram. I'd love to uh, get to know you. If you f- feel free to DM me, let me know what you thought about this podcast. Uh, whatever you're looking for help with in in being better in adulthood, I'd love to create content that serves you. So come find me on Instagram at at the Adulthood Edit or Adulthood Edit, depending on where you live. Adulthood or adulthood? I think in Canada we say? say in Canada we say adulthood. Interesting. But in the yeah, US I hear adulthood. And people are I, like, I, what? And I'm like, adulthood then? Okay. Yeah. Yes. You, now that you're saying that, I do realize that you always say adult. <laughs> I can't even say adulthood. Adulthood, yeah. Adulthood. I don't know if it's the British <laughs> thing. Yeah, I think it's the British part of Canada. I think that's why. Okay. Because we use the Queen's English and I'm pretty sure they say adulthood. So that's why. But I every time I say it to people, I'm like, adulthood or adulthood, depending depending on where you live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny. there's so many things like that, like soda versus pop. Exactly. Yeah. Right? We're pop yeah, people. You're yeah. pop people. Okay. We're pop I'm a soda people. person. I'm yeah, a soda person. I know. Yeah. It's really confusing when you go to the south and everything's Coke. Like, what kind of Coke do you want? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh can I have a Sprite Coke? Yeah, a Sprite <laughs> Coke? Weird. That's weird. That's very strange. <laughs> so now yeah. Two truths and a lie. Okay. All right. So you're, you're, it was, you won 50. 
thousand dollars in the Monopoly. At McDonald's. The Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you won a pageant, mm-hmm. and you've traveled abroad in Japan. Yeah, lived abroad in Japan. Lived abroad. Lived abroad. Okay. I'm gonna say that you did not win fifty thousand dollars in McDonald's Monopoly. Well, no, I'm joking. I didn't. Oh. But I wish I did. Okay? I'm just putting it out there. It's Monopoly time yeah. right now, and I just feel like oh. that's coming to me. I just... Yeah. So these are all going to be truths. They're all going to be They're all going to be truths at some point, guys. Yeah. Let's just put it out yeah. there. But exactly. Yeah, no, no Monopoly. But yes, I, I was in a pageant when I was uh, 20. Had no plans to be in it, but I went in it because of the sh- MTV show Made. Um, I don't know if you remember that show back in the day where people like be made into something else. Yeah. So okay, I okay. I watched an episode of a girl who was like a tomboy, basically like me, and she was like, I'm gonna do a pageant. And I literally was like, I'm gonna do a pageant, and I found a pageant, <laughs> and my goal was to win all the cash prizes. There were seven cash prizes, and I'm like, I'm gonna win all of them. And I won six out of the seven, and Yay. I won Miss Congeniality. Okay. Which is so, also my favorite movie. So. Oh, I know, so good. <laughs> Sandra, just love you. Um, so yeah, so that was the pageant, and yes, okay. I did live abroad. I taught English in Japan for a year and three months, and it was the best time of my life. It was fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah, it was good. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. It was wonderful to hear from you and to chat with you, and hopefully, well, not hopefully, I know our listeners just gained so much from our conversation. So thank you everyone for listening to the Free To Be podcast. We will see you next week. Have an amazing day, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to the Free To Be podcast. I'm your host, Liza. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode.